Hello, podcast listeners. We're here, episode 75, and I'm sitting down with Nerida Bent. Very excited. I'm here at La Somme in Newcastle, and we're going to dive into all things business. I've been following Nerida's work for a while now. Uh, it is powerful. There's a lot of cool stuff we're going to uncover, going to talk about brand, going to talk about community, going to talk about uh, three of their key values, which are community, excellence, and courage. And also I want to dive into particularly some of the work that Nerida is doing right now as we sit down for this episode. We're in, I think, about one month into this uh, semi-isolation lockdown situation with coronavirus um, because it's very, very cool, the outlook that she's got and the change that she's continuing to make at this time. So without further ado, let's jump in. Uh, this is John Marsh, you're listening to the Access Potential podcast. Thanks so much for uh, making the time near to sitting down and, and creating some space, welcoming into your studio, your gym. Yeah. Um, so we're just kind of, if you're listening, we're just kind of getting used to the vibe because of this uh, Corona thing. We're sitting like three meters away from each other, but I think it's going to work out. Um, so first off, I want to dive straight in. 14th of June, I think it was 2014. You guys have a, or you have a post on your Instagram of the very first outdoor session that you did. And it's interesting for me in a couple of ways. One is uh, we opened a gym in Melbourne in August 14th, 2014, same year. And, you know, it brings back a lot of memories. And my question for you is when you, I don't know if you've recently seen that, that post or go back to those uh, early days. Um, but when you think about where we're sitting today and then where you go back, like, You've created so much. You have two gyms, the online training space now as well. And I'm keen to get into all that. How does it feel to look back before we sort of dive into everything else to where you've come from and, and the whole thing that's, you know, the journey thus far? Yeah, I, I actually do look back on that quite regularly. Um, there are kind of two occasions throughout the year that I like to always celebrate. I think it's really important, like in business, um, it's so easy to just get caught up in the day-to-day -day operations and running along without really stopping to reflect and 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 kind of celebrate certain you know achievements so I always we do celebrate that date in June because it, it is the first time that we you know hosted our outdoor boot camp and and I remember that time you know where only a few days prior like I was chatting to a, a new friend of mine um, and you know I was kind of lost and looking for something to do I was unemployed at the time and she was the one that said to me, you know, why don't you start a boot camp? You're really passionate about training. And, you know, at the time I was kind of like, how could I ever do that? Like, I'm not a personal trainer. I don't have any equipment. I don't even know who would come and train with me. And she said to me, well, I'm a personal trainer. I can help you. I've got some equipment and I've got a list of 10 names we could message and just see who turns up. And, you know, that Sunday night I messaged, you know, 10 of these women and the following morning, eight of them turned up to this, you know, boot camp. And I know the photo, there's a girl standing, you yeah. know, and um, so we love to celebrate that. And then three months later, we also opened our first site in um, Ties Hill in the August of 2014 okay. too. Yeah. And that's obviously huge because I remember that time and I remember how um, anxious and fearful and terrified I was to like sign a lease and, you know, commit to, yeah, I've got to pay this rent and I've got to 
make this work when I really had no idea if it would work. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it definitely brings back a lot of memories and it's interesting because I look at, like I went from being a personal trainer to, you know, having to run a business and then to employing other people, becoming a manager and um, all these roles that I've had to adapt to and, and now going through coronavirus, like we laugh because we're now launching this online program and I feel like we're now all having to pivot and become graphic designers and videographers and producers. And so it's interesting and, and that's the beauty of this journey. And while I'll, I'll always, I'd always prefer to live this life and just be thrown in the deep end and have to just figure it out than to be, you know, doing what I was doing prior to this and just working for somebody else and, and you know, and yes, right now, I'd love that sort of security, you know. I, I, right now, it's terrifying not knowing what the, the end looks like. But um, yeah, I've always just loved this journey of creating your own experience and yeah, creating your own life. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I want to um, go back to something else, but I'd almost, I'd almost challenge as to whether you would like that security even, even though it is so wild. Yeah. Um, I want to go back to just because we can go back and look at what you've done. And I wanted to go back and, and talk about, uh, you know, we can pick any area, one that I was, that I noticed straight away when I came across your stuff was, um, when I came across your brand or the business from afar was, uh, we could call it prolificness or um, consistency or persistence. And it was across like, it's communicated in all ways, but one way, of course, is like on social media. That's where a lot of people find people. Uh, since you started, you know, you've, I, you know, I had a bit of a look back. Um, you guys, because it took me so long to get back to the tune. <laughs> I so I was like, how much well are they posting? <laughs> but it was like 1.7 posts a day for like five years now. Yeah. And the reason why I kind of mentioned it, it's not because of the number, obviously, but all along that journey, there would have been uncertainty, signing new leases. Mm. Um, yes, there's coronavirus now. And it's almost as though when we look back and see what's happening, I could almost see the time when you got the, the, the vibe for, say, the social media. And that would have been a, a hurdle at the time. And all of a sudden, you're you know doing two posts a day and there's big community everywhere. And it's just starting to really get momentum. I wanted to ask you about this concept of where did that fire come from? And, you know, you're seeing challenges and they're just like you said today about coronavirus, they're making you pause a little bit to reframe, but you're coming out of them with possibility very quickly. And I wanted to ask you about that. Where did that come from that the fire and the, the attitude, the outlook that seems consistent for the last five years and probably before that of, okay, shit, this is happening and I'm going to do this or and I'm going to find a solution to, you could say, rise above or whatever. Where did that come from? Because it's not, it's super impressive and powerful. And I think it's something that a lot of us, a lot of people want they want a little bit of that like where do you feel that that sort of tenacity came from do you know what it comes from having no other option yeah like when i started the business um you know i was working for a corporate company at the time and i was i was earning you know a good salary i had a lot of freedom my boss was awesome you know i, I couldn't fault it but i was deep down miserable 
Um, and, you know, like me being me, I, I never really think thing th things through. I, I'm very impulsive. And I remember one day just driving to work and just, you know, feeling that same feeling of being sick about going to work. And, you know, I remember where I pulled over on the side of the road and I called my boss and I was just like, I'm done. I can't do this anymore without having anything to go to. And then months went by and then, you know, when I was really desperate, like that's when I started the boot camp. And, you know, then that kind of morphed into opening the gym. And, you know, it was kind of like I had to make it work. Like I just had no other choice. And it's been the same every point. Like there have been so many points. Like I look back and I remember the night before I signed the lease and I remember I'd been putting it off for weeks and a friend of mine was in business and he was kind of helping me out and he sent me this article that was said, don't fear the flinch. Like fear is always a sign that you're on the right path and that if you push through it, great things are on the other side. And I remember reading that and thinking, yeah, I'm, I'm gonna go for this. But there, that moment has shown up so many times. Mm. Like, you know, then it was, okay, signing a lease for this place, which was three times the price of that place. Then it was signing the lease for, uh, sorry, employing my first full-time employee. Then it was signing the lease for our second space. Then it was employing our second full-time employee. Mm. You know, and, and this particular time right now, like, you know, obviously responsibility. Like I have a, I, have a, I think this is the first time I've felt, every other point, I've always just been more concerned about the impact it's had on me. But now I'm responsible for X amount of staff. I'm responsible for X amount of members that want this place to be here at the end of it. Mm. So that has, I, I wish I could say that I dealt with that really well in the last month, but I haven't. I actually went into a, a black hole. Like I really, you know, because we had a really tough year last year opening Maitland. That was much more difficult than I thought it would be. Um, we did a lot of work here. We've, we've had a really challenging six months. Um, and... I was feeling really burnt out. When this happened, I was kind of like throwing my hands up and I was mm. like, I don't know if I, I don't You'd know. You'd already if... pushed for six to 12 months. Yeah. yeah. And I was having some personal issues at, at the same time. And I was just kind of like, when does this ever get easy? Mm. Like people look at me at cap, like, you know, you know, what it's like people look at you in business and they think, oh, you've got so great. You're only in business, but they have <laughs> no idea the stress and the constant anxiety that you have when yeah. things are tough. But then I think about the people I have to do this for. And it's like, that's the thing that just make you have to get back up and keep going because, you know, I've always said, and this is the thing, John, like you are what you say you are in the good moments, but you also have to want to live those, you know, you have to live by those things that you say in the bad moments too. So, so many times when things are good, I've been interviewed and I've been, you know, been quoted in magazines and newspapers on podcasts. I want to create a legacy. I want to create a brand that lives well beyond my lifetime. And I want something that my children and grandchildren will be proud of. And I want something that lives on forever. But you're really tested with that when things are tough. You, and I've always thought, who are you when times are tough? Mm. And yeah, like I'll let myself have that week like I was probably a week there where I cried every day non-straight like I was honest I could not see the opportunity mm. you know my business coach kept saying to me see the opportunity see the light and I, and I just couldn't I was just like I just can't see it yet but then enough time passes and then all of a sudden you know you take one step and then the next step and then all of a sudden you get four or five people that are like that sounds like a great idea and then and it's just you just there's no other option mm. there is like I don't have a plan b yeah you know you've yeah. got to make it work uh, when you let's go back to the quitting with no job, I think in um, the first time I did that was 2008, and I got back from a trip overseas, Costa Rica, California. Had told them I'll be back in three months. Came back one day. Yeah. 
and then and I'm like what am I going to do no <laughs> no job but you just know right yeah and yeah. then it was a similar thing a couple of months and then figured the next step out or a month or so um that's really I think an important thing to drill into and it's not for everyone but could you talk a little bit about that I guess it's almost leading me into this question of like trusting yourself mm. you know like maybe not direct confidence in what's happening around the corner but trusting that you're that you're going to come up with something do you think that there was a lot of that trust even without the experience or the other options back then um no, no. i really don't i i think the trust didn't come i think when i first quit my job it was just pure like i was just completely yeah. fed up and i was just um so yeah i was just completely done i think that was actually just you know spontaneous like a little bit of impulsive decision and but i i, I knew that it was the right thing after a couple of weeks and i just felt better like yeah. i think you've just got to trust how you feel and my you know my employer at the time he's fantastic like he actually said to me at the time what are you going to do? And I said, I have no idea. And he said, you should become a personal trainer. Yeah. And I laughed at him. Yeah. I was like, what would make you think, you know, that anyone would want to be trained by me? And he said, Nerida, you light up when you talk about burpees. Like they'd seen me go through this huge transformation. Yeah. Um, so I didn't have trust then, but I, the trust came when I started the boot camp. And, and, and it, it's interesting. I always see that people often see the talent in you before you do. So, my, you know, my friend saying to me, you'd make a good trainer. My boss saying to me, you'd make a good trainer. And then a couple of girls at a boot camp saying, could we do this more? It's when you start to he get that external feedback and that kind of, you know, encouragement that this is good yeah. and this is, I'm good at this. That's when I started to build the trust. Yeah. But when I first quit my job, no, I just had no idea. I just knew I was miserable and I knew I needed something different. Yeah. So, uh you talked about, you know, this current situation where you're finding yourself now, like I think about the people you said, and it was like you, you're now, you know, between the two, uh, anywhere between 260 to 300 women that you are part of your tribe across different gyms. Like it's massive. And you've got this feeling where you're now um, uh, a part of this. And there's this, there's this existence that's bigger or beyond yourself. When you first started, and I remember hearing in another podcast that you had always liked talking to people at your previous job, was there a sense of whether it was through burpees or, you know, exercise, or, but was there a sense of wanting to surround yourself or wanting to be part of something people-wise uh, early on as well? Um, early on, I remember very much feeling like I, like I couldn't stop thinking about this place and what it could be like. Like I created this because I wanted something like this to exist for me. Um, I wanted to be around women that were like-minded, that were interested in doing fun things. Like, you know, in the early days, we used to do lots of crazy things. Like we would go out to the high ropes course out at Min Mai and we'd go to beach days, like, you know, with the girls and go surfing for the whole day. We'd go on... You know, we, we did an army commando days out. Like, it was more like I wanted to be surrounded by people that would do the things that I wanted to do. Um, and then it's morphed into me really noticing that, like, you know, everyone has, a, a, everyone 
so many women that I see come in here don't see the potential in them. And whether it's like in their career, whether it's in their relationships, whether it's in their body confidence, whether it's in their training ability. And I see the powerful influence that I have when I can show these people, you know, that I had that belief in them. And then, and, and you know, I saw this for myself, you know, like, you know, way back in my journey, you know, when I first tried to do CrossFit and I was rejected from a CrossFit gym because I was too overweight. And then six months later, and, and I was in the lowest point of my life. You know, I was overweight. I was in a job I hated. I was in a relationship I was miserable in. But, and then six months later, you know, similar gym, but a different person gave me a chance and told me he believed in me and said he could help me lose the weight. And that was just the first step. And then I, I got, you know, I kind of looked after my health and fitness. And then that gave me the confidence to leave the job. And then that gave me the confidence to leave the relationship. And then, and, and I look back like on my life over the last, you know, 10 years. And I think I'm a, I'm a completely different person now to what I was 10 years ago just because one person believed in me that mm. I really needed mm. and that's what I want to offer to anyone I meet you know anyone I meet that needs that yeah just that little bit of belief and a little bit of encouragement and you know I've seen it in here so many women have started their own businesses because they've got a little bit of a community to support them women have left husbands at you know or marriages they were unhappy in or or they've been brave enough to go and step into relationships that they might have been you know yeah, I've seen it. And it's just, that's now where I find my purpose. Like now I want to surround myself in that. Like I want to see people living their best life and I want to be able to be a part of that. Yeah, I love that. Uh, there's this concept of, this concept of transformation that I really believe in that we, uh, Michael Schrag wrote a book, it's called, Who Do Your Customers Want to Become? And it's like this concept of becoming and that we we buy services, we buy into ideas we buy into communities whether that's monetary or otherwise it could be a friendship mm. group or whatever for this transformation and then all of the touch points around our business need to support that transformation and when i go to your website the first touch point is i see this great image of two women uh, i was on my phone so it was only yeah. two it might be more on the computer and then the words welcome to lasam we're stronger together and i wanted to ask you about that because the very first word being welcome uh i mean there's there's uh what five six words there and out of the six words five of them have a lot of power behind them mm -hmm. um and i wanted to ask you about that feeling of being welcome as a transformation in itself like mm -hmm. when you were say it somewhere else like your journey you may not have felt welcome yeah when you come here, you are. And uh, I picked that up straight away and it's across everything that I see. Could you talk a little bit about that? Um, what went into that maybe mm. from your own journey or what that means to you? 100%, like this is the one thing I'm most passionate about. Um, and it's, it's funny because yeah, it goes back to that, like going through, like going through this tough time right now, like you know in the moment you know I know in six months time I'll look back on this time and know it's the best it was transformational it was the best thing that happened to us and I look at that the very first time I learned that for real was the time that I did go into that first CrossFit gym and you know the funny thing is most people are so naive most people are terrified to walk into a gym for the first time I wasn't I was actually so naive because I'd grown up playing a lot of sport I knew I could be fit but I knew that I'd just let myself go and I, I knew that I was just in a you know, mentally and emotionally in a really low place. And I knew I needed to just get fit first. Like I knew I needed people around me. So when I went over to this gym, I just, 
I, I didn't have any fear. I didn't have any anxiety. I was just kind of like excited. So that's the, that's the irony. And um, that feeling when I was met with this guy looking me up and down and saying to me, you know, darling, this isn't for you. You know, the complete, like, I'll never forget that feeling ever. Like it was humiliation. It was embarrassment. Like, and it was, I was around all these people and I instantly just felt like, oh, I don't belong here. And I left and that, that will stay with me forever, but for a good reason. And then comparing that to the feeling I had six months later when I tried this other gym, but by then I did have anxiety because I could remember this other moment. Mm. But I was met with a complete opposite. You know, I was met with like nothing but love, nothing but come on in, welcome. I want to introduce you to a couple of our members. You know, the owner like coming over to me, what's your name? Like, so nice to meet you. Like the complete opposite. Um, that's where I just have this fierce, like fierce, fierce passion for making sure, like I look at this door constantly. I'm, I'm crazy. Like I'll be in the gym and coaches will be coaching and members will be here. And the minute I see someone walk in that I don't know, I'm instantly like alert. And I'm yeah. like, that person needs to be met within five seconds. Yeah. Otherwise we have failed her. Cause that's what I promise, you know, that's our promise. And I've always said that. Yeah. And our members know it. They, we call it the five second rule. It's yeah. a thing. Yeah. If you don't walk over to someone, the minute you see them within five seconds, yeah. you, you're in trouble. Including like, the community. 100%. Yeah, I it, love that. You have to yeah. because it comes from the top. Yeah. Any organization, you know, I don't care what you say, the way you feel, the culture and the way people behave all comes from the top. And I only want people here that are interested in that. If you don't want to be a part of that, that's fine. Mm. If you want to train and be on your own and do your own thing and look out for yourself, go to another gym. You, you're not one of us. Like, that's why we live by our values. Like, that's why I talk about them so much. When people come into our gym, we interview them. Like, we talk to them about our values. We ask them, what are you looking for here? Because I would rather know that up front. Are you one of us or are you not? Because if you're not, let's put you on a path to somewhere that might be better for you. If you want to be an elite CrossFit athlete and you just want to focus on yourself, let's send you some, like, let's tee that up Help for you. Because I want you to be happy. Yeah. I don't want us to go three months, six months, and me, you know, resent you because... You're, you know, you're more self-interested than you are community-minded. Mm -hmm. So it's like, we know very, very well now, like who we are and who we're not. And I think that's what makes us such a strong brand. I think that's where people get lost. They don't know that. And it's like, yeah, it, it's especially the members. Cause you think about it, you've only ever got one or two coaches on the floor at any one time, mm. but you've got 30 members. Mm. Like who do you think needs to behave that way more than anything else? This is interesting. Do you think that your more passionate about the feeling that you evoke as the brand so that feeling that the person has walking in here or it's almost feeling like the feeling that the members will help to evoke in others outside of the community because of the work that you do oh 100 yeah. i see it all the time like you know, take for instance, like just even our charity work, you know, the first few years, I, you know, I was very passionate about us trying to, you know, do things outside of our own community, like raise money, raise awareness. But then I noticed it was very, very taxing and my business was suffering as a result of it. So I took a step back, but then when I started to do that, I noticed all of our members, they would organize their own events. Like, and I've got this thing where I say to the girls, you can use this venue, you can use this facility, you can use our community. If you wanna go and create something, do it, I'll support you. I just don't have the time to you know, physically run things myself. Mm -hmm. And we've seen girls off the back of us creating that kind of momentum. 
organize their own charity events and raising money and awareness for certain causes out there. And that's something I'm really proud of. Um, I see girls like, you know, you see it all the time. We go to events like um, CrossFit, like, you know, fitness competitions and stuff. And you, you can never miss it. La Somme is always the loudest in the corner. And, and I always say to my girls, when you're competing, make sure at the end of that, you go up to every girl and shake their hand or give them a high five. And that's something that like, you don't see other people do, but we do it. And mm. then when we do it, you start to see other people do it. And it's like, that's what I want. I want for yeah. our girls to be role models for everyone else in the community. Like, and yeah, so it's definitely, it, and in their families and their friendships and their relationships, like it's a flow on effect. It's like a ripple effect. Like they become better here. And you see it in, in their nutrition too. Like, you know, we, we teach them about nutrition and then they go out and they, they start to teach their parents or their partners or their children, like how to eat a little bit better. And, and then all of a sudden they're, you know, they're meditating a little bit more or they're yeah. getting off their devices. Like it's a flow on effect. Yeah, yeah. I like that. It's so beautiful. You have this vision, which is uh, also on your website. We strive to make a global shift in the way women think about health through community connection and contribution. And this concept of community excellence, courage uh, as three values as well kind of rings true through that. My question is um, how, you know, you've been very consistent and focused. And I don't know whether it's felt like that or that's something that you work on, but to continue for, you know, uh, five years plus driving the ship, the La Somme, towards now two businesses, two separate gyms, plus the online platform, um, a team, all of the community as well, that requires a, an ability to not jump across to a shiny object all the time. How important is having, has it been to have this vision? Could you talk a little bit about that vision and um, how, if, it, if it's played a role in helping you to continue with that focus, that drive coming back towards kind of the one thing, like coming back towards La Somme, um, do you come back to that vision much? Do you think about that a lot? Constantly. Yeah. And, and you know, when you were talking to me about responsibility, that was something I missed. But um, yeah, like I, I feel a responsibility not only to the people we currently are engaged with, but the, the women that I pr have promised in my mind and to my girls that we would eventually touch, you know, like, you know, I've always had this vision that we would, you know, have a positive impact on women all around Australia, all around the world. Um, and yeah, I still feel that responsibility for women that don't even know us yet. Yeah. And it's funny, I hadn't really been able to articulate in my own words, the dream that I had and the, and the way that I would think about La Somme and, and, and how it felt. And it wasn't until Ash, and this is why I'm so lucky to have her. Um, she said, we sat down 12 months ago, it would have been. And she was like, right, we need to get really clear on these things. And we all need to, we need to write them down. We need to have them up where we can see them. And, and this will drive our behavior. This will, this will help us to get everyone on board the ship and move forward. And that was the best thing we ever did. We pulled our staff, you know, out for a whole day and we did a day workshop where we, we all together came up with our values, our vision, our mission. And that is what is so important. You need to have that no matter how big or small you are. Like, and I've seen businesses with, you know, 2000 staff that don't even know their clear vision and values. Like, how are you ever going to get there if people don't know what you're about? Like, people need to know why they're showing up every day. People need to know why you show up every day. And, it, and it's something I, like, you know, it's that old thing. Like, if you, you know, I heard on a podcast once, you have to say something seven times to somebody before they actually really start to get it. Mm. Now, I feel like the community thing, I, 
I feel like, and you've got to say it to the point where people actually get sick of hearing you say it or you think that they're getting sick of Yeah. And I feel like I'm like that with a community. Like I'm constantly going up saying, hey, can you go over and introduce yourself to, can you do this? Can you do that? Make sure you high five each other. Make sure you welcome yourself to the new member. Like I'm, that's always been something I just don't even have to think about. I'm constantly talking about that. So then it's like, right, now the next step is talking about the bigger dream, the bigger, what's the bigger goal here to everybody so everybody gets on board. And I don't even think I'm there yet. Like yeah. I need to do that more. And there's probably a reason why. Maybe there's a little bit of doubt in me. Maybe there's a little bit of a belief happening there that I'm not sure if I can do it. It's something I've been kind of wrestling with for a while because Maitland, I talked about opening that for two years. Um, and it wasn't until somebody kind of questioned me and said, you've been talking about this for two years, you know, and I was kind of like, oh, wow. Mm. And then it just like made me do it. Mm. Um, but yeah, it's something I still need to talk about more, but there's nothing more exciting or inspiring than hearing someone talk about that. And I don't care how lofty it is. Like, mm. I, I think the biggest, um, I think the saddest thing is to see people hold that back because they're worried about what people think of them if they don't achieve it. And you know, I think, well, you, the more you speak it, the more ob obliged you feel to achieve it, the more you feel committed to doing it. Mm. So it's like, you have to get it out there. You've got to talk about it and you've got to inspire people to think this is what's possible. And I would rather do that and risk not having achieved it. And at the end of my days, is anyone really going to stand there and say, oh, she talked, she talked about doing this, this and this and she didn't get there. Well, mm. who cares? If, you, if you're doing that, good on you. But I'm actually trying here. I'd rather do that than hold back and always wonder what if. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I think that's a natural resistance to put the the tangibility or the, the narrow focus out there. Um, it puts us on the hook. Yeah. And then obviously it raises the, you know, that sort of accountability and it's sort of, a, it's a scary move. Mm -hmm. um, I wanted to ask you, speaking of maybe on that, on that front, the third value of courage. Yeah. Uh, where do you feel that you've had to level up to move into a place of more courage? What's the hardest part for you? Where do you find the most difficulty when you think about that word courage? Oh, well, I think in business it is, um, I think it always comes down to people. And um, I think the, the thing I struggle with most is trying to see myself in that leadership role and, and constantly be, you know, leading in a way that inspires people to want to follow you and to live by those values. Um, and I think it's sometimes, yeah, it's sometimes scary because you don't know if, you know, you're not sure if they're going to hop on board or you're not sure if they're going to, you know, believe in what you're, like, you're not sure if they feel the same way you do about the way you want to head. Um, having those tough conversations, like I've actually never really, I don't think I have ever been fearful of having a tough conversation, but I think now what's become evident to me is that I maybe haven't been doing them in the right way. Mm. And I think the biggest challenge for me is having a conversation with somebody that is challenging, but coming from a better place, mm. coming from a place of wanting to understand rather than just wanting to yeah. project your own stuff onto them. Yeah, yeah. I, that's really interesting. Uh, it's almost it's almost a question of what's 
kind of the way that you need to show up for them that you're not aware of yeah. now yeah. and then being able to almost ask them yeah. to understand that more clearly yeah. which is so hard because yeah. it's easy to put on a kind of shield and steamroll through a hard yeah. conversation yeah but it's almost not a hard conversation because yeah. we just moved through it too quickly yeah um yeah how did you how do you learn how have you developed this how do you uh you know the word growth and all of this is quite widely used but how do you sort of become that person who's able to have this more evolved hard conversation or be able to lead more powerfully what are your steps well i love podcasts i'm a big fan of podcasts um i love reading books i love audiobooks but the biggest thing is i think that's made a massive influence on my life is having really genuine positive mentors and role models around you but also testing these things out for yourself like you know i've listened to you know dozens of podcasts about people and management and leadership but you don't truly learn until you're in it mm. and you are living that experience and you're actually doing something differently like it's not until you try something different like you go into a situation that you've gone into so many times before and you've had the same result it's not until you go into it with a different tactic that's scary because you're like, am I doing this right? Is it going to have the result I'm looking for? It's not until you actually trial, trial it out for yourself that you, you, know, you learn and you grow. Yeah. And I think investing in a good mentor is the most important thing. Like, um, I'm lucky to have a couple of people in my life that you know, I can lean on as friends and I can go to if I need. And that's hugely important. And I try to be that to some people that are you know, more, less experienced than I am. Mm. Um, I, I love this analogy. I heard it once that from a lady who was saying, we're all on a ladder and we all need to reach up and have someone pull us up you know, ab above us. And then we also need to pull someone down from mm. below. And if we constantly do that at a rate where it's you know, equal, we all make it. Mm. But if you're constantly just pulling from above or you're constantly trying to pull up people beneath you, no one makes it. Mm. And I think in my first few years, I spent a lot of time and energy trying to help other people in business succeed. And it was probably depleting to me and, I didn't have time to focus on mine. And now that I feel like I've got a good balance, yeah. but having a good mentor is just so important. Like someone who's really in your corner professionally and someone you go to that has that experience, yeah. I think is really important. I want to pivot a little bit because I want to ask you about when, when we chatted before the podcast, we were talking a little bit about brand. And if you're listening, the conversation is very quick but it was kind of this idea of how narrative has been able to pivot really quickly or the word pivots almost kind of overused because I feel like you're actually building an asset which is really powerful and pivot to me sometimes feels a little bit reactive and sometimes um, I don't know it, I think I think what we're seeing right now is a lot of reactionary moves mm. from businesses and then there's a few who are doing something that maybe came from that need to adapt, but also has a long-term view as mm. well. And it's kind of, uh, it's got a slightly more mature feeling to it. Mm -hmm. And I see this coming from you and I want to talk about that, but we really were talking about this concept of brand and how the brand and the trust has been a catalyst or has given an opportunity among other things to do this more powerfully mm -hmm. because women have jumped on board with this new vision from around Australia. Yeah. And maybe even internationally, I'm not sure. But I wanted to talk to you about brand. You know, when we started off, I mentioned the Instagram and the social media. There's over 3,600 posts. Uh, you've done 
88 episodes by my count on the podcast since December 2018. Um, there's a lot of of communication mm -hmm. outside of these walls to the broader population to say, hey, this is us, um, come find out more, or this is what we do. Could you talk about this? Has it been something you've consciously worked on, found difficult, found easy? How, do, how have you thought about it in maybe different stages across the last five years? Oh, we've always, like I had a dream, you know, like, two years ago, I really um, saw a need for like an online presence for women. Like I've always believed that, you know, any woman should have access to an online app that, you know, taught them about health and fitness, nutrition, mindset, um, and, and could really coach them just to become better people, like, you know, in their own pocket. But in a way that it was from a place of like real women. So there's lots of apps out there at the moment. There's lots of women out there that are, you know, um, fitness, you know, models and Instagram and, and stuff like that, um, that are perpetuating this kind of idea that if you train and eat like me, then you could look like me too. And I think that's just, you know, the most heartbreaking message to send to women because, you know, there's already magazines and so, so much media out there to make women feel worse about themselves. And I, I want to come from a place that's inspiring them to accept their bodies and accept themselves for where they're at right now, but to feel the best that they can feel. So to feel fit and healthy for whatever shape or size they're at and to see women out there that are, that are role models for that. You know, I want to create this brand where women are, are looking at women that are like them, that are a size 12 or 14 or 16, because 12 to 14 is the most, the most popular size of women in Australia, but yet all that we see in magazines and on TV and on social media are women that are size six to eight. Mm. And there's this, just this disconnect. So I've always had this dream. I've always, and I've, I've done a little bit of research, like we've inquired about, you know, the, the investment it would take and, you know, it's a lot of money, it's a lot of time, a lot of energy, and we just hadn't created the space for it. And now that coronavirus has hit, it's just actually been the best thing for us because it's forced us to do that. And don't get me wrong, like we haven't had the lead time or the time to prepare, but we're evolving every week. Every week we're getting better and better at it. Um, and we're getting that feedback from people outside of our community already to say that they're enjoying it. Our gyms will run better for it ongoing when the gyms reopen because we will continue that. Um, but yeah, I've always had this belief that there could be this fitness, whether it's an app or whether it's a, a platform, a website where you know there is a group of women that are teaching other women how to get fit, how to get strong, how to learn, how to grow, how to like, you know, become better people, um, but to accept themselves at the same time and feel good about who they are, where they're at right now. Yeah, it almost takes me back to the, the first words on your website around feeling welcome as yeah. well. It's yeah. almost like feeling welcome with where I'm at right yeah. now yeah. with myself yeah. and having this concept of acceptance. Yeah to then be able to transform. Yeah. You know, I think a lot of times people think about transformation um, and sometimes it's from a place of non-acceptance mm, and it's, yeah. you're on the back foot, like yeah. your whole physiology is yeah. kind of shut down because yeah. it's hard if yeah. you're somewhat angry at yourself or whatever. Of course. And it's like, like you know, that, tra that, word like that word transformation or trying to make people the best version of themselves I don't mean that in terms of their weight. Yeah. I don't mean that in the way that they look. I mean that in the way they feel. Mm. You know, you can't, we all know that like, 
the testimonials I've got of women that come here that now um, have improved mental health. They now sleep better. They have more energy for their families. They now go to work and enjoy their day at work. Like they come in here and they learn a handstand for the first time and they go to work and they have a great day. Mm. It's not about where they, where they, the way they look or how much weight they lose or anything like that. It's about how they feel. And you know, that's, that's what I'm trying to get across. I want to make women feel better about themselves but to accept themselves right now for where they're at as well. Yeah, I love it. Uh, could you talk a little bit about this concept of uh, excellence? You know, there's a lot of, you know, and this is interesting for me because I get to work with a lot of business owners and a lot of gyms. Mm -hmm. And one question that I love to ask, and I always challenge myself to ask it of myself is, what does better look like? Yeah. And it's not to come from a place of lack or something like that, but it's to play the game. It's like, what, is, what does it look like to improve mm. whatever, the space? The, the, yeah. Because we know sure as hell, like if your practitionership improves, mm -hmm. thing, good things will happen. Yeah. Um, what does excellence look like to you? How do you bring this into the community, the uh, other leaders, the coaches, the staff, yourself um to 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 do that how do you how do you how do you how do you kind of work with that well we talk about it constantly yeah. like you know it's it's one of those things where we're just constantly asking ourselves how can that be better and and it goes into absolutely everything you do like you know like, i feel so like i actually feel bad for my staff because you know i i, I don't know but when you're a business owner like i and more business owners i talk to the more i realize I used to think I was crazy because I come in here and I just, I'm constantly looking at the floor. I'm watching the coaches. I'm like, where are the girls standing? How's their voice? How is their brief? Are the toilets clean? Are the bathrooms pretty? Is there fresh flowers? You know, what's going on outside? Is the music, you know, are you playing the music and stopping it and turning it up and turning it down at the right points? Yeah. Like there's so much that goes into it. It's and I feel like I'm a nutcase. Yeah. Um, so it's like that experience. Cause you know what it's like, it's an experience you're yeah. creating you know, you're the conductor of this orchestra and, and it's the littlest things, you know, like I talk to my girls about, they don't even get it, but I'll run a class and it might be a workout where it's, um, it's for time. So everyone finishes at different points, you know, and, and they don't even realize it, but everyone will finish and then I'll go around and then when girls are finished, I'll kind of, you know, encourage them. There's so, still someone going on up the back. Can you guys head up there and help her out? Can you guys head up here? And then the music goes from like full ball. And if you leave it at full ball, everyone's just in their own world. Everyone's, you know, not even looking at anybody else. And then the music just stops and then everyone's like, oh, it's over. But if you gently bring the music down and people start to think, oh, the music's going down, what's going on? And then they start to get up and they move over. And then all mm. of a sudden you've got 30 girls around the one last girl to finish her workout. And then you're slowly bringing the music down so that the girls can hear their voices and the more they hear their own voices, the more pumped up they get. And then the more that everyone just, it's this amazing, magical feeling. Mm. And if you, if I ran that and then I handed that over to somebody else and I said, you'd now do the same thing, create mm. that same experience, they wouldn't even know how to. Mm. So it's like, you've got to teach that. You've mm. got to teach like, you know, how, what happens there? Where does the music start to go down? What do you say to people? Where do you direct them? Where do you manage them? It's, you're creating this experience and so that is really challenging to do and we've built up our manuals like we're building out our coaches manual so that people know what to do when to do it um 
so it's like that and then I look at okay then there's the other things like our online presence how do we make that even better like I'm constantly getting new images new videos I'm constantly looking at how can we make that look more on brand how can we make that look more appealing um, it's you know us going out into the community like making sure that you know we're presented perfectly like La Somme t-shirt hair and makeup done like you know going out there into the community meeting people like you know how do we just constantly be better like it's just I think if you're not doing that you're dying mm. like you know it's easy to turn up and just you know turn on the lights turn on the music go but it's something you're so I'm so passionate about making sure everything is the best that it can be like you know, dusting the, like, I mean, the place looks like a bit of a mess at the moment because no one's training here and it's like... If you're listening, it's like sparkling clean. <laughs> well, it's, it's low for my standards yeah. because I'm kind of like, well, it's just me and There's Ash. There's like a few specks on the floor, but otherwise it's... But, um, and, you know, we're trying to save money with cleaning, all that sort of stuff. But yeah. it's like, yeah, you just... And, and I think I've learned that from some of the mentors in my life. Like, you know, there's this one guy I know well and he always talks, like, he, he's a builder and he goes on site and he's constantly picking and he says if you create this environment where they know that it's never good enough it's like they're going to constantly be trying to impress you and it's so true like you have to yeah. create this environment where it's like it, it can always be better yeah when you were speaking about the experience of the person with the music um i picked up a lot of excitement yeah. and i want to ask you if you feel as though uh you are empathetic Empathetic in Emp general. Yeah, empathy. Do you do you really value empathy? Oh, that's a tough question because that's actually something I've been trying to really focus on lately. Um, you know, yeah, that's actually interesting you've asked me that. I think I'm an empathetic person. Yeah. But I'm not sure if I am, to be mm. honest. In Particularly in my personal, like, intimate relationships, that's something that's been a big learning lesson for me recently. I'm not sure if I am empathetic. And I've been, you know, investing in, you know, counsellors and psychologists to try and figure this out. Um, yeah, I'm not 100% sure. The reason I ask is like, you know, to, when you talked about the, because empathy really is, you know, they, they kind of talk about it as the ability to feel what yes. you're feeling yes. yeah. without you explicitly telling me. Yeah. So, and that could even be like a bodily sensation. So. Yeah. If I feel you in yeah. pain and walking in not being welcomed, yeah. I actually almost could pick that up physiologically, yeah. like a little yes. bit hurt. Yeah. Um, yeah, I definitely got, think I have that. Yeah, and you, yeah. you got so excited when the yeah. person with the music, I, it almost took me to that place. Yeah. And I see one of the challenges with a lot of businesses is like, you know, you can try to write the SOPs around that process. Yeah. But what you're talking about is like this deep care um yeah which i think can be taught too you oh. know it's really interesting and i'm always like yeah i think i i'm always talking to the girls like i'm constantly saying to them you know how do you think it feels for somebody like how this is one thing i bring up all the time how do you think it feels to walk down that driveway and to come over to this big roller door for the first time and you don't know you don't even know what, really what the training is you don't, you've never done it before you don't know who's going to be there you don't know who's going to look at you you don't know if you're going to fit in how do you think that feels to have all that going through your mind all that anxiety and fear to stand there and then have to wait mm. imagine that imagine what that feels like seconds feel like you know minutes like mm. 10 seconds there could feel like five minutes mm. and all these girls are training looking out you have to be that first, like, you know, I do, I talk about that a lot because it's like, 
yeah, you do have to put yourself in their shoes mm. so that you understand, well, why is it important that I approach you within five seconds? Because I know those five seconds, you're going to be standing there like feeling totally fearful. And the, the quicker I get to you, the more that I make you feel like you're part of our community, the quicker I get, move that, I can get that away and I can make you feel good, the better off you're going to feel and the better chance we've got of creating a relationship. Yeah. So it's, yeah, I do talk about that all the time. I talk about like, yeah, like making sure like one big thing I notice in gyms, one thing I, I really frustrates me when I see gym owners not training in their classes mm. um, and coaches, they're doing their own thing or another thing like coaches training with other coaches or like in the class or with other like, you know, more elite athletes, you know. I walk in and I'm always talking to my coaches, make sure you are mixing up where you're training and making sure you're standing next to different people because we have this, you know, you know, you have this energy that you give off and it's such a shame when the same people only ever feel that energy from you and, and you just get caught in a trap of training with the same people all the time and yet there are all these new girls that are like up the back that, you know, kind of quiet and they're mm. doing their own thing and they're watching all this noise. I'm always picking up on energy. Mm. So I could walk in here and I can tell you I feel it all the time because we run our classes from the front Yeah. and all the, the bigger, more dominant personalities come to the front and then the quieter up the back. Now, I feel the energy. I can feel le- like when you're lifting, there's a 20-minute EMOM or whatever. Yeah. Everyone up the front's playful and loud and energetic and it's like fun. But if you walk to the back of the room, it's not the same energy. Yeah. So I'm constantly talking to my coaches. You have to create that when you're training, when you're coaching. So if you're coaching and you can see that that back part of that room is quieter, lower level of energy, your responsibility is finding, okay, Ray, you're a coach. Do you mind doing me a favor today and heading up the back and yeah. butting up with this girl? Yeah. Hey, Sophie, like you're not a coach, but you're a member and I know that you're you know, you, you're really confident. Do you mind coming up here? That's up to you to create every single day. Mm. Like, you know, it only takes someone one time to come in here and not feel that good yeah. for them to kind of go, I don't know if this place is for me. I'm going to yeah. cancel my membership. Yeah. We have a responsibility to create that hour every day that's the best hour of their day every day. And that's what it involves. It yeah. involves you coming in and thinking about where am I going to train today? Where am I going to place myself? Where am I going to go? What, where, who am I going to give my energy to? And what am I doing for other people here? Yeah. And we try to talk to our members about this a lot too because sometimes our members like, you know, whenever we do a testing week, they come in and, you know, they're all about themselves, you know, and if they don't hit a PB, they don't do this, they, don't, they carry on. Some of them have little tantrums and I'm kind of like, why don't you think about what you can do for other people when you come in? And then, you know, I had a particular member who went through a real bad phase because she was so focused on herself. Tony Robbins talks about this a lot. Think about what you can do for others. Yeah. And then she, I said to her, just come in for the next month and just think about that. Don't worry about yourself. Think about how you can inspire and motivate other people and just train. And she had the best month. She hit all these PBs. She felt great. And I was like, it's just shifting that focus. Mm. What, who, who am I here to serve? Mm. I love the way that you framed up the actions that you would take around that shift in energy. Because a lot of times the narrative that the owner or the person can get is like, oh, there's some people who just don't fit in or they kind of hang on the outside. Mm. As if it's um, something that's fixed when really it's kind of, when you hear it, you can pick up that the language that is being used by the owners or the coaches is actually recreating this reality of yeah. kind of an inside circle, outside circle. Yeah. And yeah. I love how you're seeing that, hey, there's an active role that we all play at all levels mm-hmm. to bring an experience to everyone who walks in the door. 100%. My question is, how do you, um, 
how do you look after yourself when it's almost there's this concept of um that i think about a lot it's kind of like attitude is a practice and like when we show up like we have bad days we have good days we're all human and like if you're say in here five days a week mm. it's like i need to to practice my own narrative my own attitude to be able to show up to give that yeah um because if i i can show that i'm having a bad day perhaps but at the same time i've got this responsibility you know use the word energy yeah. to bring an experience uh, my question is how do you how do you navigate that how do you cultivate that energy if you had a flat day a flat mm. week like how do you balance that with owning the business the rest of stress everything else yeah that's something i've really struggled with like it's and I have felt really burnt out, like a lot. Um, and now that we've got this second site, it's even more challenging. Like it's like, oh. Um, but I think for me, I figured this out. I figured out that I can come in and I can train and, and enjoy the training for myself and, and lend a little bit of energy there. And then I, you know, I, I go away and I work throughout the day and then I can come back in the afternoon, either here or Maitland, and I can, you know, give a bit more of that. Um, and I've just got to make sure, like if I'm starting to get a bit burnt out, I take some time out, I don't come in or I take a holiday, like I go away. I could honestly, like I didn't travel, I didn't go on a holiday for probably the first three years of yeah. having the business. And then in the last, two, like I could go away for a weekend, a long weekend and feel so energized. I don't yeah. need weeks and weeks. I just need a couple of days here and there. Um, but honestly, um, trying to, to, to coach, my goal is to, to create an environment where, and I think, I really feel like we're starting to get there, to where I can take a step back. I could be gone on a yacht in the Mediterranean for six months and the girls are that across the way I run the business that they're doing it mm. and they're coaching other coaches to do the same thing. So, you know, I think it's just about getting to that point where it's so well systematized, yeah. um, systemized, sorry, that, yeah, everybody knows how we do things yeah. and it's done that way. Um, but yeah, I, I definitely, and, and I think what I've figured out is now, like what gives me energy and what drains me. And I know, like I don't coach a lot, but I do a couple of classes a week, two or three, and that energizes me because I yeah. enjoy being connected and I enjoy having my feet on the ground there. This sort of stuff energizes me. Like, but if I did this all day, every day, I'd be exhausted. Yeah. Um, so it's trying to plan out my week so that I've got a little bit of quiet time and I've also got that time that, I, that really energize, like understanding the balance whereas I used to coach every morning coach every night work throughout the day and just go out and you know kind of meet as many people as I could and I was just absolutely yeah mm. exhausted so mm. it's figuring out that balance which has taken a long time and and really embracing that time in solitude like now I never used to I, I never really liked being on my own but now I really crave it yeah and I do feel like that energizes me but if I did that too much yeah. so it's like yeah it's just yeah. It's a weird thing, but you figure it out as you go, I think. You just got to really be in tune with, you know, I, and the way I can tell straight away is my voice. My yeah. voice will just go, and I know that if I'm starting to lose my voice, I need to take a break. Yeah. Whereas, you know, if I feel good in my voice, like generally my energy will feel good. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I like that. Um, it's interesting because one of the questions that uh, sometimes I'll ask someone when we're talking about communication is this concept of, where are we speaking from mm -hmm. if you're mm. speaking from the throat like versus speaking from the belly mm. and what does that 
feel like for the recipient. So if you're coming into a conversation hot and you're like all up in your throat, yeah. it's like, okay, can you bring awareness? And it's interesting that you use the voice as a, um, as a metric or like a feedback on terms of how you're feeling. Yeah. It's really cool. Yeah. Um, I think, you know, we're getting kind of, we've gotten a lot out of this. I think a really, really cool episode. Um, I think one little thing, and you have touched on it a little bit, would be uh, this concept of, my, my question is around, there's a guy who I looked up to, his name's Seth Godin, yeah. marketer, writer. Um, and he has a book called Lynchpin. Mm-hmm. And this concept of the Lynchpin is the person who walks to the door to make things better, to when somebody walks in and no one else has walked up and you don't know what to do, it's like you, you go across and you introduce yourself. It's the person who looks to create a better online platform. It's mm-hmm. the person who takes initiative even though there's mental, emotional discomfort. And we try to build operating procedures and systems in place to help to create a stepladder to build linchpins or to take to help people take that posture but my question is have you found anything to be helpful because as an owner having a crew around you that has that mental uh forward leaning kind of nature is like seemingly you know from what you've talked about in terms of building a culture really 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 important and is there anything that you could talk about that you do for that development days or um, ways of upskilling or ways of leading that you found helpful for myself or for my staff for yourself to encourage that yeah. across the staff or across the community um is in my own personal development like just myself yeah like how if i started to work here oh, and right. yeah. how, how could you yeah. help to instill some of what you're talking yeah. about in me well, we, yeah, we, well, first of all, like we don't employ anyone that hasn't come from our community. So yeah. we get a lot of PTs. I'm out then. Yeah, sorry, yeah, you're out, sorry. <laughs> we get a lot of um, personal trainers and women in the area that contact us and ask us to come and work here. Mm-hmm. And we say to them, no problem, but you have to train here for at least three months. You yeah. have to get a feel for the, for the place first. Yeah. So that's the first step um, because, you know, they have to understand the culture, yeah, the way yeah. things are. And then if, if from that we decide to offer them an internship, they'll then go through a 12-week internship where they start to shadow coaches and they start to organise community events and they start to take on a more active role. They learn about the way we do things. And then we, we run a... St- and, and then if they then pass that, they're a, a, a coach. They go and do their set three and four. They do their level one. How, how much of that 12 weeks then is... You mentioned shadowing, but then you said leading events and other things. How much of that is skewed towards culture, community, leadership Heaps. versus like technical? Like obviously the technical, I kind of call it like a, a requirement yeah. or a prerequisite. Yeah. yeah. But like how much of this yeah. other stuff is there in that? Well, to be honest, the first four weeks is all about that because um, I tell the girls all the time, I don't, I don't need you to know how to be a trainer. Like I don't, I can, I, there's a saying that I love you can't make someone, you can make someone smarter, but you can't make them nicer. Mm. So we've had personal trainers who've been very bright, very switched on, but haven't really wanted to be a part of the community, haven't wanted to lead a community. And they've never worked out for that reason. And so that's something I've figured out through trial and error. 
I want to see that these girls genuinely want to be a part of the community and genuinely want to create events for people to attend and they want to go and be a part of it. Like they want to be around the girls. If I can see you prove that in four weeks, then I can teach you the rest. Then I can invest in teaching you how to show how to teach someone to snatch two pull-ups, you know, yeah. motivate them in a class, organize a group, herd the girls, all that sort of stuff I can teach you. Yeah. I just need to know, first of all, that you want to be a part of this community and you can be a leader. Yeah. That you can organize Saturday Breakfast Club and you can take the initiative to call the cafe, book in, motivate the girls. If there are, we have a percentage rule, like, you know, you need to be able to get, you need to be able to motivate 80% of these girls from a Saturday morning session to go to breakfast because that's a key part of our um, offer. And it's something that I, I've learned so many women want to be a part of but are so fearful of as well. So these girls need to have the skills to have a conversation with someone. Are you coming to breakfast today? And understand if they say no, why they say no. Is that a genuine no or is it a fearful no? Is it a no? Like, And we've had so many girls like, I, I'm perfect for it. Like I can tell straight away if someone wants to come but they're scared to. Yeah. And I'll just pester them and pester them and pester them. And then all of a sudden they come, we have this great time. And then two hours later, I get a message to my you know, Facebook saying, thank you so much for making me go today. I so badly wanted to be going to breakfast for so long, but I've been so scared because I didn't know anyone. I didn't know if anyone, the amount of messages I've had to say that. Yeah. So I know this. Yeah. So you have to be the kind of person that wants that person to come to brekkie and you won't stop until they do. Yeah. So it's like, that's the first part. You, you, you need to show those personal skills that you can do that. And then after that, I can teach you everything else. Yeah. I can teach you the technical skills, but that's got to come from within. I yeah. can't teach you that. You've got to want that. Yeah. So that's one thing I've figured out. Wow. Okay. I, I know, love I'm that. psycho. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think it's like, I think I love it. It's the, uh, it's enrollment. It's um, self-leadership. You know, it's everything that, and I don't know whether you can teach it, like given enough time, could you inspire that? Maybe, I don't know. Mm. Um, but certainly it's, you know, really, really cool to hear how that's where that's positioned for you mm. because you see it mm -hmm. like on the outside, like I look in and go, oh yeah, of course, like that's being addressed somewhere, mm. but it's cool to hear like the nuts and bolts mm. because I think a lot of owners uh, will... Uh, don't see that yeah. at all. Oh, people you know don't I mean? see it. People don't understand. Like, you know, people have no idea the work that goes into it. Like, yeah. they really don't. And we get a lot of people, like a lot of girls that think, oh, I'd love to be a Lassom coach. And, and the first thing I try and do is talk them out of it because it's so much work. Yeah. Like, and, and we've had a lot of girls come through and just go, this isn't for me. Yeah. Because it is so full on. Yeah. Like, it, it, it's not just teach a class, stand in front of a group of girls. There is so much to it. Yeah. And, and, and yeah, just for example, like the Saturday morning breakfast, like, People have no idea what goes into that. Yeah. No idea. Like, and, and even when you go to brekkie, like, it's like the girls, I say to them, you never get to sit down. Like, you do not sit down. You stand and you roam and you make sure every single person is engaged in a conversation. And if someone's sitting on the outer, like they, we say, you've always got to look for the outer, like look for the person on the outer because yeah. there will be someone stuck between two people. Yeah. She's having a conversation on that end. She's having a conversation on that end. These two are having a convo and she's a bit lost. Yeah. Your role is to go and find that person, talk to them, engage them back in. Like, yeah. you, you know, there's just so much to it. Yeah. You've got to take a photo of the group at this time and post it at that time. And, and it can't be missed. Like, yeah. Yeah. you've got to be like, it's just crazy. Yeah. And it's like, yeah, people have no idea, the, like, yeah, how much it goes on behind the scenes. Yeah. They just come in and they experience it and this is like, great. Yeah. But it's like, oh yeah. God, there's a lot yeah. of work. I love it. It's so, so cool. Very cool. Very inspiring. Um, 
just to wrap up, you know, every once in a while I sit with people and it's, they may have been going for five years or 10 years or 15 years and people on the outside go, oh, they built the business or they're, they're at two gyms or whatever. And when I sit with them and I'm in conversation, I, I can see it very quickly that this person's just getting started. Mm. And I get that feeling with you and it could have been after three gyms or 10 and I think I would still get the feeling because there's a posture that's forward leaning. So much of what we talked about today is um, it's, it's kind of like at the epicenter of this concept of growth, like yeah. of doing, doing not necessarily just the next thing, but like con con continuity towards that vision. What, um, you know, what, what lies ahead? What's some of the stuff that you're excited about next week, next year, uh, just some of the stuff that's going on for you? Yeah, well, um, with this online platform, like getting that up and running and, and getting, like I want, you know, I would love for La Somme to be a brand that was recognized all around Australia, like Curves is. Yeah. You know, I, I look at La Somme and I think we're like, CrossFit met Curves and had a baby, yeah. you know, and that's what I want us to be known as, you know, it's like, we're kind of like Curves, but not really, yeah. kind of like CrossFit, but not really, it's kind of in the middle. Um, so that's what I'm really passionate about. Um, and it's funny, things work out in diff for different way. Like at the beginning of this year, we were sitting down and we had a goal to open up a couple more sites this year. Um, and now that this has hit, it's put us, you know, it's forced us to go to this online program, which we had always been considering. Um, and now I'm really excited for that. Like, I'm actually really excited to make that, you know, the best that it can be and to really see how we can, you know, because obviously people, this is going to have a, an impact on the way people behave and interact for the next 12 months. Like, this, we're in a really strange time. Mm -hmm. And I just want to be a source of light to those people who are struggling. Like, they, whether it's mums at home, that are looking after kids all day, every day and, and really need that connection. Whether it's people working from home now that need that movement and that mindset stuff, whether it's just keeping people moving and, and you know educating them a little bit more on their nutrition. I just wanna be a source of light and inspiration and motivation for people who need it right now mm. and, um, and a, a source of community and connection because that's what people are really struggling with right now. They, they're lacking that connection. Um, and I'd like to, yeah, find a way to still be able to offer that in a time where we can't physically be together. And who knows how long that will go for, but I just want to keep working hard and just see what is possible and just, yeah, like I'm just excited for how we can spread our name and brand around Australia even more and um, get the message out there, what we're all about and how we want to help women. Yeah. Well, I think let's, um, let's call it there. I want to say that you are a source of light. And I think that, you know, you mentioned community and um, the online platforms and the gyms. I think, um, you know, and I'm sure I speak for a lot of people, everyone who could say this, but I think just in and of itself, you're a source of light. So I think whatever you are applying yourself to, that will continue to drive people forward and to help people. Um, whether it's nutrition, whether it's online, whether it's anything. So whatever you're doing, keep going. Thank you. Um, it's really, really amazing and inspirational to, I know a lot of business owners and um, really grateful to be able to sit down and, and find out a little bit more. Yeah, well, I appreciate you, you know, having me on. I've admired your work for such a long time and it's so funny because 
um, yeah, I've always wanted to be on this podcast and I was only thinking of you the day you messaged me. Oh, and really? Yeah, it's like, it's, yeah, it's lovely. I love sharing our story and yeah. the way we do things. And if it inspires somebody to think differently about the way they do th- things, like that's what I'm really passionate about too. Like there's a part of me that like wants our business to be the best that it can be, but I actually really am passionate about every gym like ours yeah. going to that next level and, and thinking about things. Like, you know, I talk to other business owners all the time and I talk to them about the breakfast thing or this, that. And they just kind of go, far out, you're on another level. Like, yeah. you're crazy. And I'm yeah. like, yeah, I am. But try it. because it might. And then they do. They go away and they try it. And they're like, thank you so much. That We had 25 people to breakfast or this or that. And it's like, yeah, like, I can only help a certain number of people. And, and you know, I just want women, I, I want people everywhere getting fitter, getting healthier, being more connected. Yeah. Whatever gym you go to. So if I can help other business owners to think about what they're doing differently, Great. I'll learn from them too. You know, there are things they're doing that I'm learning from. So, you know, I I love that idea of collaboration over competition. And I think what's happening with coronavirus right now, like the amount of people that have called me over the last month to just check in other gym owners, I have felt more connected to them than ever Mm. because we're all going through this tough time. And I just hope that continues. Yeah. Yeah. So it's, yeah, we're all, we're all trying to help people. And that's what, you know, I think anyone that's doing anything awesome in this world is doing that, helping others in some way. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you're helping a lot. Thank you. Helping very many. So thank you. Thanks for the work that you do. Let's uh, wrap it up there. We'll have to do another one soon. Sounds good. Yeah. Beautiful. That's it for this episode of the Access Potential Podcast. I hope you enjoyed this one. There's a ton of value in this episode. Very appreciative to narrative for carving out this time to go through all of this stuff today so if you have any questions on this episode or any other ones send them along john at johntmarsh.com always love to hear from you and i'll pop narrative's contact details in the show notes so you can reach out to her directly if you have any questions for her about her own journey or la somme thank you so much for listening i appreciate it and i'll see you on the next episode